0: Tied for the most terrifying day of my life! Tied with what? Every other freaking day of my life! <laughs> How are you doing, you wonderful nerds? Scott here, and welcome to what I think is day four. I'm recording these kind of out of order of uh, Month of Monsters. It's gonna be a fun time. Uh, We are watching Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, every day for an entire month of October. And I'm getting cool, different guests, my internet friends, on. And today, I've got Mr. Internet Man himself. That's your official nickname now. I just said it.
1: Chris Sanders, how's it going? How I'm internet man. That's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you're on the internet too, and you're also a man. I don't know. Why.
0: <laughs> well, I was gonna do. I was gonna do like a, a Infinity War joke where it's like, no, no, I'm just a dude. You are a man. You remember uh, that? I do remember uh, that. I do remember okay, that. I like. Cool.
1: Where, I like where you're going with that. I wasn't gonna. Uh, <laughs> cool. I was gonna catch it before.
0: All right. Uh, Well, anyway, uh, so what do do you do? Let people know what you do. What makes makes you qualified to talk about Scooby-Doo? That's uh, my question.
1: Well, um, I've watched the Scooby-Doo. Actually, I've seen every single episode of uh, Scooby-Doo. Jeez, what was that show called? Uh, Monsters, Inc.? Yeah. Oh, no, this is called Mystery Inc. Mystery See, Inc. Now you're I
0: even I rode that wave with you, so
1: <laughs> I've also seen every every single episode of um of a pup named Scooby Doo, which is probably my favorite Scooby Doo thing. And I feel like a lot of the later series have kind of been like taking their vibe and mm-hmm. going with it. So I think that helps. But as far as what I do, I make nerdy videos on youtube, uh, but I'm also kind of a little bit a little bit of an expansion by just make, focusing a little bit more on uh, anime videos on youtube as well so you know fantastic yeah, I,
0: yeah yeah so what uh, did your channel on youtube is well you've got a couple right you've got yeah. Yeah, is it Chris Sanders is your main one, but then yes. you also got – I, did I just see recently you're, you're doing anime debates more frequently? Yeah, well, I
1: stopped doing it for seven months, and I am going to attempt – because I was told by a few of my subscribers I should try – to do another channel and see if i'm actually affected by the so-called glitch so i'm like you know what i already have a channel i made and it it has some you know a real niche ability let me just see what happens if i do it that way so i'm just just digging all the way in with anime that one's called anime debate which you can find by searching anime debate on youtube
0: fantastic uh chris that's enough of that stop talking we're talking about scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed today I'm have ready. you have you see so you've you watched it recently but you, have you seen it prior to yes. watching it okay oh yeah
1: for sure no i mean i've always been a scooby-doo fan and at heart there was no way i wasn't going to see it after seeing the first movie and it, it being as i'll just call it it was weird I, I will never call that movie bad it was just weird the first one yeah the first one yeah yeah, yeah.
0: i get you i feel the same way i i I, I, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with it. There are lots of good moments, um, but it, it also just kind of... I feel like both of these movies kind of get the the overall tone of Scooby-Doo um, not perfect. Like, right.
1: they don't 100% nail it for me. they I feel like with the, with the second one especially, I had a hard time figuring out who this movie was for. Like, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like, the tone of Scooby-Doo is supposed to be a mystery it's supposed to be like you know kind of light-hearted and, and obviously for children and this movie some of the jokes and and everything they were very much so for adults and and disturbed individuals i'll, I'll just say that
0: yeah do you want to give examples
1: yeah um well can we okay <laughs> i've asked this so feel free to edit this out yeah. can i say boobs in this podcast
0: oh yeah The, oh, the whole, yeah okay okay because <laughs> language is not a, a pro, an issue okay
1: because there's a character in the, in the movie i call um shaggy boobs because there's a point where they, <laughs> where they get they, like scooby and shaggy get into a um a, a a container of sorts with all kinds of different like potions and mm-hmm. the first one or the one i remember the most that, that i saw was shaggy was just grew a woman's body all of a sudden and it's just like what what what, what is this mm-hmm. like i don't think children should see this at all like, yeah. like, like what is happening
0: yeah, it's uh, that that whole scene was very odd and, and strange. Uh, all the different transformations. Yeah. Because even I don't know who they got to be the the actor for like the female body for Shaggy, mm-hmm. but you can tell the direction was really just flaunt all of your. Female body all over yep. the place. Yep, just you know? just be
1: there, and even like Matthew Lillard's like face when it happens is like priceless. He's yeah. like, Ugh! and you're like, yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> Why is this happening? You know, it's so interesting.
0: I've been sh- there's there are so many connections between these two movies that are like very similar. And like I, I'm reminded of the first movie when Fred goes into Daphne's body, and then he's like, you know, he's excited about it because he's like, yeah, girl body, I can look at myself naked. I and then that. like Shaggy does a similar thing here where he he just becomes a a, a, a woman, and then he has like zero interest though which is my favorite cuz i've always i've always liked shaggy as like Maybe not necessarily Yeah, I don't know I see him as like An asexual being Like mm-hmm. all he cares about He cares about Scooby He cares about food He cares yep. about his friends Yeah That's all You know He doesn't have time For relationships Obviously Mystery Inc The show Tried to pair him And Velma off But that didn't end up Super great no. uh Between them So Yeah I think At least that played At least they didn't rehash Like Shaggy Just being like Oh yeah Girl body Let's uh, d- Let's go Yeah, Yeah
1: Yeah It was it was odd. I mean, even I even think about the fact of, and again, I guess people have already hopefully seen the movie at this point, so there's not there's are no spoilers. But like at the very end, when there's like the uh, the double reveal of the villain, and yeah. you know you find out that you know that the uh, the the female is really a male, and then the camera guy who was, who was the assistant was like, oh, and we cuddled, and like, <laughs> y- yeah, you, you sure did. I don't know know what to say beyond that other than why is this in a movie for children? I just, I don't, I really don't get what they were going for as far as an audience. Because I feel like the first movie was, in my opinion, much more clearly aimed at children. They had a couple of small jokes for the adults, but they weren't as obvious. And for me, in this movie, the jokes that were for adults were visually obviously for adults, but they were a lot more strung out throughout the movie.
0: Yeah, like the the comedy does bounce all over the place between like, you know, it, it's like one of those cliche criticisms of like, who is this movie for? But like genuinely it's a, it's a cartoon. But like, I don't know. I feel like there were competing thoughts of, of how the comedy should go. Because the Scooby-Doo cartoons, the comedy is very much, it's, it's very physical. It's very, I think one of the best things that Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed did um, in terms of like channeling the classic Scooby-Doo comedy was when they first encounter the Black Knight ghost and they're trying to stockpile the door so he can't get through, but he just goes through another door and also helps them like stockpile the other door, you know? Like that is such a classic, iconic like Scooby-Doo comedy moment yeah. uh, that appears in all the cartoons. Like that's, that's the Scooby humor. Um, and again, it's very physical. It's also just in like uh, – yeah, I don't know. But this movie was like they tried to do like you were saying, they tried to do more adult humor at some points. Uh they tried to do very childish humor at, at all uh, at other points i'm sorry i haven't gotten through a single episode of this podcast without criticizing the fart humor but it's oh not my, my thing it's oh not i don't think it fits with scooby doo it isn't
1: my thing either and i don't know why they had to do it i mean it's, it's you're right because i feel like in every single and I, and I might be wrong here but in every single movie where they take a like a beloved childhood nostalgia property they throw in a fart joke every because single one you know there are studio
0: heads who are like sitting up in their tower i imagine that's how hollywood works i don't know um but they're like sitting there going what do children like fart fart humor yes very primitive the children are primitive they deserve primitive comedy children
1: like farts and the thing yeah. is that, that that is unfortunate is that they probably screen it to children and the children laugh at the fart joke but the thing is Farts are funny. I'll give them that. Farts are funny, but you this, heard it here <laughs> first, folks. Farts are funny. They are. They're funny. They're funny with your kids, but but I'm just saying. I just think that at some point you go. You know what? Like, we've already done this a million times. I will say. I will give Scooby points that he didn't just fart and laugh. He he used his fart at least once as a weapon. You know what? If you're gonna do it, go all in. I'm just. <laughs> I prefer if they didn't do it, but I'm just saying. Like it was kind of. You know what? He accomplished something. At least his fart was productive. (laughs) Sure.
0: But, like, again, that's even – it feels like a callback to the original movie because there was a scene where, like, Shaggy farted in a suit of armor and, like, it kind of set something else on fire or whatever. Mm. So it's like – how much of these movies did they just – they put the first movie in a blender and they just like poured out a drink that
1: was Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. And they're like, yeah, it's close enough. You know, now that you say that, the one thing I do wish this movie had more of was Scrappy. I know they like established him was the villain in the first movie. But I kind of wanted them to kind of like laugh in the face of everyone making fun of um, Scrappy you know, on, you know, on the internet and such after that movie. And make him more of a facet bring him back around. Like, I don't know. I just, here's the thing. I am one of those people, and, and you can be mad at me if you want to. That I did not hate Scrappy-Doo as a child. As a child, I actually will admit that I love Scrappy-Doo as a character. I like a little mini version of of Scooby that was brave and willing to fight and willing to jump in and do stuff. Yes, he was dumb at times, but his heart was in the right place. And I don't know when it changed, but but somehow along the way, the world decided that Scrappy was annoying and bad. I I don't know when that occurred. So I was kind of hoping that they would in some way like put him back in this movie and kind of give him a, a little bit of redemption.
0: That would be interesting. I think, yeah, like, because these movies don't reference each other at all. You you could watch them independently of each other and you wouldn't even know that Scooby... If you just called it Scooby-Doo Monsters Unleashed, like dropped the two, I don't think anyone would know like, oh, wait, was there one before this that I need, the, that I need to watch to understand what this movie is? Because you don't. They're not mm. related in any... Other than having the same cast, yeah. they're not related in any yeah. capacity. And so, like, I like the idea of like... Almost as if they called Scrappy in like a consultant, you know, like imagine if like, mm. the, like the, the middle of the film, they're just like, well, we need help. We need to figure out some clues. And they're just like, well, who can we call? And they like, what if they went and just visited Scrappy in jail or the dog pound or whatever, wherever they're keeping him, you know, and they're just like, help me out, man. Whoa. You know, help us out. And then, yeah. That would yeah. be kind of interesting. I think that would
1: have been great. I mean, it would have been good because, in my opinion, they, they wrote him out of character in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Like, he, that, that wasn't how Scrappy acted or how Scrappy, Scrappy would have responded to his uncle or anything. Like, it just, yeah. it, it just made something up. But, again, I feel like the thing that was, like, and this is a, I'm just going to use this as a aside, that was a little disappointing about this movie was, for me... It was the reveal. Because my number one favorite thing to do with Scooby-Doo and why I love it so much and why I've been able to watch every incarnation, uh, especially Mystery Inc., is that there was always a mystery that, that wasn't super obvious. I mean, I guess, yes. I guess sometimes you knew it was a guy in a mask. You knew that all the time. But you could watch each episode and try to figure it out before you know the crew did. And, and they didn't have anything you could really track in this.
0: Yeah, that's true. I feel like... There were a lot of the clues that they used to piece together the mystery were revealed very late in the game. You mm. know, like they used. A, hold on, can I just can I criticize something that I keep forgetting to criticize? Please, do, it, do it. Okay, so when they uh, when they do that double reveal at the end, where they mm. unmask the villain, who I will point out. Never got a name. Right. Uh, it was Mysterious Masked Figure was yep. was the name of the villain. When they unmasked the Mysterious Masked Villain, and it was Heather Jasper Howe, um, they were just like, but Heather Jasper Howe is actually, and then they unmask uh, her, and it's uh, Jonathan Jacobo, and then immediately... A, a report. A different reporter. When they go, Heather Jesper Howe is is really Jonathan Jacobo, and they pull off the mask, and you can see it's Jonathan Jacobo. And immediately, a reporter goes, "But how do you know this?" <laughs> and I'm like,
1: "What do you mean? Ju- he's right there. What do you happened. mean? How do they know this?" It, he took the mask off, and they saw his face. And
0: and then they had to explain. They had to use the newspaper clipping. This is what this is what led me here. They they used a the newspaper clipping to show that Jacoba was still alive as the museum was being constructed. But that newspaper clipping wasn't revealed to us until just like a couple minutes earlier, like Mm -hmm. maybe 20 minutes earlier um, or less, I don't know. And it wasn't even, like if they had established that earlier in the movie, where it was it was a newspaper clipping, and if you were smart, if you were like a, 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 an, a attentive audience member, that you would have seen that Jacobo was in that image, then that would have been a cool clue to be right. like, oh, all the clues were laid out in front of me. I just had to pay attention. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing.
1: That's why I said it was disappointing because I feel like it would have been cool had they written an actual mystery that we could have followed and figured out, and then had a cool twist by like maybe not focusing time on you know <laughs> keep giving us. Really bad red herrings. Like I get it that in a pub named Scooby Doo, they had a character named Red Herring that were like, you know, yeah. it was him. I get that. How,
0: how much of a missed opportunity was it to have to to have Seth Green but not have him play Red Herring? I
1: agree completely. I was like, I don't because when I heard he was in the movie. That's who I thought he would be. I was like, oh, cool, they're gonna do a throwback. That's awesome. And like, nope it was just a dude who was in love with elma which okay i get that part were you able were you able to guess who the who the, the i guess the, the first unmasking was did you know it was the reporter uh not when i first watched the movie as a kid no yeah. well, uh,
0: i i had no idea because of the, they throw you off because um of that scene where ned wears the costume and heather's there on the ground and it's like well i guess it can't be her you know um which is what they were planning on. Well, yeah, they were yeah. trying,
1: but yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess like I, I just I just feel like that was really really cheap. I don't know.
0: Yeah, especially because they didn't really establish Ned that much either cuz like if if they had established that they were a more, you know, if they gave him more speaking lines or made him more prominent, then it would have made more sense. For an audience member to be like, oh, I get it. They're a duo, but they didn't seem like a duo even no. when they were even when they were just people. Like when it was him recording and her being the the host, it, they didn't feel like they were a team. They just felt like, yeah.
1: I didn't even notice him to be honest. I, I kind of forget he was in the mood like, oh, it's Ned. I'm like, who's Ned? What? <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 who is that person <laughs> that you are telling me about right now? Oh, he's been here the exactly. whole time. Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: and it's. I mean cuz imagine then cuz that's a really that would make a really good mystery though is is if um you know it's usually the person that you don't suspect they want to throw in red herrings so imagine if they threw in all of these red herrings with Patrick with Heather with um old man wickles and they and it turned out to be none of them and what if it was Ned the whole time but they gave Ned at least a slightly more prominent role like what if it was never Heather at all or never Mm -hmm. never Jacobo and it was like it was Ned for reasons I don't know maybe he's I keep going back to somebody has to be related to like Jacobo or or someone but Mm -hmm that would have been a cool one as well but yeah i'm just trying to write a better mystery <laughs> for this movie you know
1: i mean i i just i i don't think you can man <laughs> i don't know like okay so this is one part i wanted to actually talk about so please i, I mean tell me if i'm wrong because I, I just didn't think about this at all is this movie a period piece is it set in a different time like timeline time okay zone, so time
0: period? Th- i talked about this with ricky okay um and we ricky had this theory that it that it actually took place in like way earlier, like in the forties or something like okay. that. Um, for reasons that I'm sure he explained better in the, in sure. the first episode. So if listeners, if you want to go back and listen to him, however, um, because you know, obviously Scooby-Doo has this lore. You were talking about mystery, uh, Inc. the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in that show, they, they talk about how, or they show that there are robots from world war two. So something in their timeline, Um, happened where technology is super advanced for them even back in those days where like they could have robots fighting in World War II. So like the idea that culture and like fashion would kind of be similar to like the 60s or 70s but that technology would be more advanced, like that kind of makes sense in that universe. However, however, upon watching this movie multiple times now, (laughs) uh, there is one, at least one, pop culture reference. There's two, but I'm going to say one that specifically called out a person who made it so it couldn't be a period piece. Oh. Shag- Shaggy specifically used, like calls out the name Justin Timberlake oh. at, a, at a point... At a point in the movie, so Uh-oh. that yep, <laughs> so that makes me feel like it can't be a period piece unless there was also a famous Justin Timberlake sometime way back in the
1: '60s, '70s, or '40s. If you're Ricky, wow, okay, because I, I here's what spurred this for me. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't anything significant other than the fact when they when um when they went to go to try to make Velma sexy. Yeah. She basically was wearing something out of an Austin Powers movie. And yeah. I just kept saying to myself, I'm like, you know, this would make sense if Velma went up by herself to try to make herself sexy because she doesn't really understand what that is. But she yeah. had help from Daphne. So yeah. Daphne clearly knows how to dress and, and look, you know, like attractive. So why would she put her in that particular outfit unless that was a, an outfit that was attractive around that time?
0: Well, so i I think reading in between the panels here. <laughs> okay, okay. Good work. Um uh I think Um, so Patrick introduces, he's introduced in the movie by, by talking to Velma and like saying that she is like a mysterious world traveling jet setter type, Mm -hmm. you know? And then Velma, before she has the makeover, talks about how, like, what would you do if someone thought that you were this like mysterious jet setter type? And then Daphne was like, I'd make myself one. And so I think it, it wasn't so much that they were trying to just make Velma um, conventionally sexy or whatever, mm-hmm. but I think it was more so that they were trying to fill that trope by trying to be like, this is what Patrick thinks you are, so we're gonna dress for the part sort hmm. of a thing. You I didn't think of it, I mean? it that way.
1: I did not think of it that way at all.
0: So I don't think that that, yeah, I don't think that that was just an outfit that people would wear. I think that that was very specifically like, this is what we think. That this, this is how inter- jet setters International lead. woman of mystery sort of a thing.
1: in pleather. Exactly. No, so, so that brings me back to the Justin Timberlake thing. So it also brings me back to, to Mystery Inc., which I may bring up a lot because I just love that show so much. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking, well, what if Justin Timberlake in, in that particular version of the universe is just famous way earlier in life than he would have been per- previously? or was just born a few generations back because Mystery Inc. basically establishes, establishes that there are alternate timelines that are created with every change. That's true. So that just, that just could be the, the Timberlake universe that they, we're watching in the movies.
0: Yes. And I really want that to be someone who's in charge of Scooby-Doo wikis. Make sure that you write that Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed takes place in the Timberlake universe.
1: Yes. And for, for, people, for people that are like listening, though, like you should know this. You need to go watch Mysteries, Inc. I'm just going to say it because they're, in my opinion, it's the, it's the best version of Scooby-Doo they've created to date. You can argue with me if you want to about that. Uh it had Lovecraft type like, you know, yeah. a, a mystery and and, and monsters, monsters yeah. and, and actual lore and lots of building and characterization that even harkened back to the original series, they did That's callbacks him. to all the different characters and different iterations. They didn't I mean, they didn't exist. Uh they even have a reference to Flim Flam, if you remember the thirteen Golden <laughs> right. you do. And He's in jail, <laughs> <laughs> which I was like kind of hoping, honestly, that uh, in, in the original Scooby-Doo movie, that Flim Flam was going to be the villain and not Scrappy-Doo. He's got some yeah, vendetta yeah. against them for like forgetting him or leaving him behind, which I think would make more sense Man. for a shifty character that Flim Flam already was. He was already on the edge of not being a, you know, a solid character. So then when this movie came out, the second one, I was hoping, okay, now we're going to get Flim Flam, you know, be the villain and it didn't happen.
0: You know what? I, I like where your head's at. I like the idea that Flim Flam would be the villain specifically because the team forgot about him and that would work so well for Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed because mm-hmm. it, it it centers around this idea that the gang has been doing this uh, mystery-solving business for ages. They have a whole museum based off of it. There's a whole villain bar mm-hmm. of just people that they've unmasked and put in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's basically celebrities. So... It's this idea that like they're getting all this praise, they're getting all this attention and then the villain ends up being someone who helped along the way but mm-hmm. was forgotten about. That would be super like kind of sad and yeah. dark and yeah, I would love that. And
1: he and he has all the motivation to be better because if you think about it uh, obviously, Fred wasn't there and Vemo wasn't there. So he's like, so why are you praising them? I actually fought real monsters. Like, he, they actually, you know, 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo were actual ghosts, actual monsters that weren't just people in masks. So he, he should be up there with everyone else. He should have and- the same notoriety.
0: And then, if he was the villain, that's why he created the actual real monsters for mm-hmm. Monsters Unleashed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh my God, mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm, writing a better mm-hmm, movie, Chris.
1: We are. We are. They could have. They could've, He could have definitely went back and go. You know what? I'm gonna unleash the actually other thirteen girls of Scooby Doo. Oh it my God! Could easily have done that. It could easily have done that.
0: That's what, you know what? This movie should have just been like the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Like, I'm going to be honest. I've Mm -hmm. been, and this is going to come up in probably other episodes as I talk with like Scooby-Doo aficionados. But like, um, I have an issue with, real monsters in the scooby-doo universe because i like the idea that scooby-doo is very kind of like a, a pro-science pro-rational thought kind of cartoon mm-hmm. cartoon for children where supernatural things are almost always explained by irrational explanations um however the thing about like mystery inc that made it really interesting is you have a character velma and even in this movie velma s- says many times how she believes in facts and logic and reason and the this she echoes the same stuff throughout mystery Inc. and then she comes face to face with real monsters real creatures real supernatural elements and she has to she has to deal with that she has to learn to to deal with that reality and try to um you know it's it just it adds a lot of character development so like i would be i'm okay with it if it's for a reason if Mm -hmm. the reason if the reason for introducing supernatural elements into scooby-doo is just to to be like wouldn't that be neat then i think it's it's like an antithesis to the the whole point of scooby-doo but if it's if it's for like this movie if it's for velma who's just like Logic and facts and reason, but then she's up against something that she can't ration away. Then, then it makes for more interesting like inner conflict, which hmm. you really need.
1: You know, actually, I I agree with you. Actually, I will say that like my favorite Scooby Doo seasons normally are the ones where they are you know just going after people in mans, which are most of them. Uh, I don't like love the idea of them being real monsters because I like the idea that you know that the characters, especially Shaggy and Scooby, are scared even though they know it's probably not real, like that adds to the comedic effect of it. Like if it was yeah. actually a real danger for them to die or, or something bad to happen, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't speak to the, the actual, you know, like the, the heart of Scooby-Doo.
0: Yeah, and maybe this is something that I can get into in a, in a future podcast if mm-hmm. people are if people are interested, um, I only say uh, in a future one and not this one specifically because I haven't finished reading the books about it, but there's Mm -hmm. this really interesting concept called uh, the fantastic in like literary genre fiction um, that it's like this, this point in a story where you don't know if you're in between like sci-fi and, and like fantasy or something Mm -hmm. or or where you don't know if something is kind of realistic or, or supernatural, if that makes sense. So like Scooby-Doo, um, because it has stories that are both people in masks and r- the monsters are real, it allows each episode, each story, each movie to start in a place that's called the fantastic, where you where you don't know which way it's going to go. It could be re- on the more realistic side, person in a costume, or it could be on the more supernatural side of like real monsters. And that kind of keeps you on your toes and makes it kind of interesting. In a sense, I'll fit. I'll have to finish reading those uh, those books about it that I bought because that's I have so many thoughts about Scooby-Doo and like (laughs) analyzing it and the philosophy of it. And uh, it's so interesting. Yeah, no,
1: I do. I I love it. Like every time they do something different with the show, it's like almost like TMT to me. It's more interesting when they play around with the the uh, the predetermined like uh, facts of the show or whether, whether the canon was originally. Yeah. Uh, like I like that you can play loose and fast with it. Like I actually was reading and I haven't finished this, but I was reading the uh, Scooby Doo Apocalypse series. If you haven't oh, seen, yeah. have you seen that, I man, I
0: I bought all of like a ton of volumes and I've yet to read them.
1: Mm, dude, they, they they get really really good. I don't love the designs of the characters at first because you know they, they kind of make them more um. What if they were, like, around now? And it's like, okay, right. so, of course, Shaggy's a hipster because he has that mustache. Yeah, he <laughs> and the, sure does. And the tattoos and everything. And yet, I could still feel like that character could still fit in, a, in in the Scooby-Doo lore in the universe. You know, I, and I also love that, like, that, of course, Velma is, like, a big, big scientist. And I think it would be really cool to kind of see him turn this one into the next movie. But, I mean, do you know anything about the the next? Will there be more Scooby-Doo live-action movies, or are they done with it? Did the last one tank? I don't know the box on the score
0: um so i don't I actually have no idea we could look that up but i think i think this one what didn't go over so well i think there was plans for a third one um but then that devolved into the prequel live action cartoon right. net, cartoon network and then that spawned a sequel of its own but i don't even think most people consider those canon to this specific live action right duniverse um but universe. <laughs> I'm trying to make it stick, but, um, but yeah, I, I think th- I've heard that there is a, I don't think it's live action. I think it's a cartoon, like 3d animated movie, a Scooby-Doo movie coming out in like 2020. But I think it's just,
1: that's definitely a Velma, right? I have that's no idea. One. Yeah. yeah no, no. Yeah. That's one. Yeah. There's there's one they're doing oh, no, no. just Daphne and Velma.
0: Yes. So that already came out. Oh, it but came that, out already? that is a live action one that, that came out and it was just like straight to DVD and it's a mess, um, but there's a, there's a cartoon one, like a 3D animated, kind of like how they did Peanuts a couple of years ago, or, oh. how, or how they're doing the, the new Grinch movie, I guess, with Benedict Cumberbatch. I think it's going to be in that kind of vein, um, but with Scooby-Doo, and it's supposed to come out in 2020, but I, there has not been any announcements about it. Like I'm other not. than other than the official one or like the original one. Yeah, yeah I'm
1: actually doing some quick research here and I'm not seeing yeah, I'm not saying nothing about it. That's it's weird because I feel like Scooby Doo is always popular. But to answer my own question on the box office, it turned a pretty hefty profit. Really? That's so, good. All right, so let's just do a thing real quick. So uh the budget was twenty five million. How much do you think it made? Just big a guess.
0: First of all, I am actually shocked that it was twenty five million for the budget. But yeah. I mean um, without
1: marketing I'm assuming, but
0: Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I am going to say that it probably made, um, God, I want it to have made at least seventy
1: million. You're 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 actually lowballing it. Keep going.
0: Lowballing a hundred yeah. million.
1: I'm a little more than that. One hundred and forty. I'll just tell you, one hundred eighty-one point oh five God. million dollars. It, Holy cow! It, it turned a, a pretty decent profit. I don't know why I didn't make another one. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: I mean, I guess it like wasn't received well, but like, do do does anyone care about that? Considering Transformers movies made fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. I don't know. Maybe the actors just didn't have a contract for the third one, and they were just like,
1: "No, we don't want to do this anymore." <laughs> or okay. I don't know. That all makes sense, actually. I mean, but uh, actually, that's something I was gonna bring up too. D- is it just me, or did this like this movie, aside from Matthew Lillard, who got a chance to go and do voice acting for, for Shaggy of all things? Did this kill everyone's career in the movie? Oh,
0: it absolutely didn't kill Linda Cardellini's career. Well, not
1: her, Well, yeah. I mean, but I mean like everyone else. I mean like Freddie Prince Jr. and Michelle Sarah Michelle Geller.
0: Yeah, I don't know what happened to Freddie Prince Jr. I know people tell me that he has a gaming channel on YouTube now. Wait, uh, what? Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but people are saying they want me to reach out to him and get him on the podcast. But we'll see everyone. So hey, keep keep on messaging uh Freddie Prince Jr., please. Um, I mean, yeah, doing it, do it on
1: Twitter. I feel like everybody is on Twitter now, and like they actually yeah. respond to things.
0: Yeah. Um. And then yeah, as you were saying, Matthew Lillard is. I mean, the, I feel like the only reason his career is still going is because of these movies. Because all he really does now is voice Shaggy and everything. Yeah. Um. And he's great, and I love him. Um. But yeah. I don't. I have no idea what Sarah Michelle Gellar is doing these days. That's all right. She's probably still using her likeness
1: for the Buffy books.
0: Yeah, probably. I just I, mean, I'm just I, feel, like, I feel like she doesn't have to do anything anymore. if she didn't want to, you know. To that point, yeah. That's yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, I love the cast of this of this movie, and uh, I I, I love. Yeah, I don't know. I I think they it's It's hard for me to imagine other actors in these in these roles because I grew up with these two movies, and I love them so much, so if they were to cast other actors for like a reboot or something, I don't even know who they would do well, I know who they would try to do. they'd probably try to get Sophie Turner for like daphne because it's the only redhead they can think of in yep. hollywood mm-hmm. you know yep uh, or at least the only young uh like who could be pass off as like a teenager or whatever mm-hmm. the scooby gang um i mean yeah. which
1: so which i mean i like the incarnation of the scooby gang when they are like already kind of like established I don't like the idea of watching them start over again. I, feel like we, I think the world has seen the Scooby-Doo gang again and again and again, which is why actually I did dig this movie because they, they didn't pretend like the stuff they did in the past, you know, was brand new. They they brought it to the forefront of being like, eh, you know, these guys are, are they're, they're freaking amazing. They they do great things. Mystery yeah. Inc is an establishment.
0: Yeah, I like that too. I mean. Even like as far back as a pup named Scooby Doo, we never really saw. It wasn't an origin story cartoon. It was they were already established as the Scooby Doo detective agency. They just mm-hmm. all happened. They just all happened to be young. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think the the one that told us the most about their origin was the third live action movie of um, the mystery begins, mm. and that one was not good. I skipped um, that
1: one. I heard. I saw her, I just saw I saw the the box cover art, and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. It's, I, I see what I, don't, I need to see.
0: I don't hate it. I actually think. I think the characters are not good, which is like what you need in a Scooby-Doo movie, Mm. you know, but I think the mystery is actually kind of solid. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, uh, it, it tells you, it gives you all the information and by the it's, it's, I think it weirdly, maybe I'm misremembering, but I think out of the, out of the live action ones, that one is probably the, the tightest soundest mystery where it gives you all of the information that you need. And it's up to you to solve it. And by the end of it, because like a good mystery story should should when it's revealed should make you go, oh, I can't believe I didn't think of that. And and it shouldn't. I feel like what I get a lot from the first two Scooby-Doo movies is, Wow. I wouldn't have known to even think of that. Mm-hmm. And that's not the right response. That's, that's it, not how it should be. It should be, oh, man, I, all of this was right in front of me, and I can't believe I didn't put it together.
1: Yep, you that's always, how it
0: should be. You should yeah. always have
1: a, a flashback moment where you like stand back like, oh, and you see all the pieces that, that you missed, yeah. and it all comes together. Mm-hmm. Like, like Honestly, the biggest mystery in, the, in this movie for me <laughs> was – what how drunk was the woman who when scooby walked by goes hey handsome because he has the dog with a face he's just wearing an afro wig i don't know why she thinks he's handsome he has a dog's nose face eyes he's just wearing an afro wig
0: hey man you remember the first movie fred couldn't even recognize scooby when he dressed up (laughs) as like a grandma he was like
1: yeah the old broad Yeah, but they've established in that universe that, you know, Fred isn't the brightest, (laughs) at least in the movie universe. So I was like, kind of like, I I let that pass. But when a grown woman sees Scooby-Doo, it's like, hey, handsome. And he goes, hey, baby. I'm like, what? are you yeah. doing do you want to know what i
0: here's what i find even weirder like that's okay. o, that's obviously weird yeah but then old man wickles is talking to shaggy and shaggy's like so it sounds like you owe a lot to the mystery ink gang maybe you would you know thank them if you ever saw them again and he takes off his his disguise like he removes the golden tooth he takes off his hat and reveals that he's just straight up shaggy mm-hmm. directly to old man wickles face and he's like, if I ever saw them again, I'd crush them, or whatever he says. And it's like, you're you're literally staring at him yep. without a disguise. Like, I will accept in this universe that a hat and a gold tooth is, like, enough right. to make you be like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But- the fact that he took the disguise off and is staring him directly, and he still doesn't know, know that it's Shaggy, even though they have like ho- all these bar games mm-hmm. where you throw darts at them or like hit them with like, so he- the images should be fresh in his yeah. mind and he doesn't recognize him That I'm trying to find some sort of headcanon around that, and it could just be that he's a senile old man. That was my answer. Know. That was yeah. my answer
1: that he's maybe he's just senile, maybe he's just so enraged, maybe he's not paying attention. Uh, but in the, the day, it's just let's just chalk it up to movie magic of it just being him being oblivious because he needed to work with the scene.
0: I mean, we it is established that he hears bushes howling at him at least more than <laughs> once because he he says the line like, "Darn bushes howling at me again." So clearly, it, he's not all a hundred percent
1: there. Man, I, I so question was is he a character in any other iteration of Scooby Doo? Or oh yeah. Doing, yeah. He, he he's the
0: very first villain that they fight in the very first episode of
1: Scooby Doo, where are you? So I did not even put that together, but I just feel like it was like weird they kept giving him so much screen time. But now, okay, that makes way more sense.
0: Yeah, so he was the black knight ghost, which is it was established in the museum scene that, that the black knight ghost was their very first mystery. And then they they um are looking at who could a, who could make a real pterodactyl, right? After they right. find the scale and they analyze it. And then they're like, well, Jonathan Jacobo. I do know, but he died. Well, guess who was a cellmate? Old Man Wickles, the original Black Knight ghost. So that was kind of like, but yeah, but if you didn't know that he existed in the old Scooby-Doo cartoons, then you wouldn't have, it wouldn't have meant anything. So
1: this was a, this one was made for the fans
0: oh absolutely all of almost all of the creatures almost all of the monsters came directly from uh some cartoon
1: yeah i did i mean i did notice that actually i I was just just curious like because i feel like they sometimes i feel like it was like a real like a strong scooby-doo fan writing the movie and other times I feel like it was just someone who like kind of knew what scooby-doo was and just like oh let's just make fun of it i just i couldn't really get a a good grasp of like like what they were doing with it like i think of it a lot um in comparison to uh, Ninja Turtles Forever. You ever seen that before? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where this is, like, where they took the, uh, I think, the 20, the 2,000 Ninja Turtles and brought the uh, the the Ninja Turtles into their world, and the entire special, they spent it making fun of the original Turtles, and I just kept thinking, like, do you even, did you even watch the original show? The original Turtles were... Pretty brave and pretty strong and pretty with They were not like idiots. They weren't like goofing off when they should be fighting. And it just felt like they didn't really, you know, know who they were parroting at all. And so at times during this movie, I felt the same sentiment that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That they just, they, they knew what they were making fun of, but either they didn't respect it or one of the other writers just didn't get it and they let this stuff stay. And it just, it just, it wasn't consistent for me.
0: I, I think I, I think I agree with you. I think, like, there are absolutely moments where you can tell the people writing at least knew the lore of Scooby-Doo, right? Like, mm-hmm. knowing knowing the villains and, and knowing the monsters and kind of understanding that whole idea. But then there are moments more prominently throughout the film, I think, that is it's just straight up making fun of Scooby-Doo. Like, it's somebody said this and I I keep attributing it to to Ricky because he's where I heard it but I don't know if he just heard it from somewhere else but like Big Bang Theory is like a show about nerds written by bullies Mm -hmm. and that's what some moments of this movie feel like it feels like a show about or a movie about scooby-doo with a lot of good scooby-doo references Mm -hmm. but it's written by people who just don't like Mm scooby-doo i agree completely. i I agree yeah that's a good observation man yeah i I, I agree i I can (laughs) that's fantastic oh man uh do you have anything else you want to add we're Uh, approaching yeah we're approaching the 40 minute mark which is kind of like yeah
1: no i'm good i i think i've hit everything i wanted to hit i took like a like a lot of notes and surprisingly we hit all of them except for making fun of the dance number but i'm okay with that (laughs) you don't want to talk about the dance number it it wasn't remarkable scooby-doo dances dogs can be bipedal when they want to that's sure
0: can (laughs) Uh, well, fantastic, Chris! Thank you so much for for taking the time out to do this. Where can people find more of you and your thoughts on you the
1: internet? Find me and my thoughts on uh, YouTube.com/slash Cisandreas. Also, the uh, podcast um, Black Men Answers Cosmo.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I I love trying. To, I love plugging other podcasts on here because I feel like I feel like you know if you're already listening to a podcast, it might be hard to get you to go to like. YouTube, youtube or something yeah but if you're but you know if you're a podcast fan
1: then yeah there's actually more podcasts you guys should definitely check out the episode that uh, the scott and ricky were on it is by far our best episode <laughs> it, it <laughs> i want to do it
0: i want to do it again
1: <laughs> we i mean you're welcome like actually now that i know that this thing exists we should definitely bring you guys back on and do it again it was a blast
0: we what was it we were trying to do we were, it was a jessica jones jessica jones
1: like jessica jones like like love advice and
0: that's right and like every answer was like mm, have you tried whiskey <laughs> everyone go listen to that podcast yeah go
1: listen, go listen to that one it's, it's so, by far
0: i had such a fun time recording that with you me too Oh, my God. Yes, please. Let's do another episode sometime soon. (laughs) Let's
1: do it. I'm down
0: oh fantastic we'll have everything linked in the show notes uh somewhere also yeah you can subscribe uh, to this podcast give us lots of ratings and reviews on itunes or wherever else you see it and if you are participating in this challenge yourself watching lots of uh uh, scooby-doo monsters unleashed let me know how you're doing where your headspace is at you can find me on twitter at scott nice wonder my my name on there currently so you know it's really me is Scotty, do two monsters unleashed. (laughs) There you go. Um, and uh, Chris, would you like to? Well, actually, let Mm -hmm. me let me say the thing that I say at the uh, that that I try to plug at the very end of this, which is the ultimate goal of this podcast is to try and get someone, anyone who anyone at all who worked on this movie to be on this podcast. So if that's you, or if you know someone who worked on this movie in any capacity, doesn't have to be an actor. It would be cool to get freddy prince jr on message him um but literally anyone at all send them my way it would be a fun time uh but either way chris would you like to end this podcast with me by giving your best rousing scooby dooby doo
1: sure you ready ribby, ribby, i tried
0: <laughs> you succeeded <laughs> sir
1: dooby dooby